Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Build It, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. For today's episode, we're kicking things off with episode one. Let's get into it. Welcome, go, guys. What's up? Good to see you guys. Good to see you too. It's so weird that, in all honesty, we just met just over a week ago at WorkbenchCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it literally just happened, and it was over a month ago. But that was literally just over a week. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking. My, I don't know about you guys, but every day I walk into the shop or the job site, and I'm like, man, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, so that my mind's going like a million miles an hour from all the different things that uh, I learned there. There was a lot of information. I would agree. Let's, let's do a quick segment. Obviously a lot of the people that hopefully will listen to this have either been to workbench con or have wanted to go to workbench con. And so all of us were newbies when we, we met. So let's just kind of shoot around and see what everybody took away from in a quick synopsis so let's start with colton what did you learn from, or what was your biggest takeaway from workbench con man well the the class with blacktail and lincoln was uh, as far as learning like going through their youtube analytics and all that jazz that was really cool um very informative um i like the ones held by the the talk held by the shop sound guys they um you know going over like all their equipment and process and all that that was really cool um, but really the biggest takeaway was, um, meeting people at the same stage as me, like across the U S. Um, I mean, not to mention you guys as well, but, um, yeah, and the networking was, it, it was incredible. Um, yeah, a bunch of whole bunch of like, like-minded people in the same place, same time, um, doing what we love learning, learning about our craft and, um, a lot of creativity, a lot of makers. It was super cool. Awesome. How about you, Jess? What is, what was your takeaway? Um, I don't know, you know, because you can see it two ways as, as far as, you know, being a newbie and the video and all that stuff. I was concerned because I don't really have a lot out there on social media or YouTube or anything else like that. But I, I've always wanted to. And this was kind of like my oomph to do it. And I knew that uh, KJ and and Jason, we're going to be doing that class on doing it only with your phone. And they do it only with their phone. Like they've got like a $300 set of microphones, some cheap software, an iPad. And um, I feel like that they have some nice tripods and stuff like that for their phone. Right? So KJ especially has a smaller shop. So he has these things where he can get shots of like each piece of equipment and he's got them all throughout the shop. So that made me feel a little more confident and about it. And we took a video class about that too. So um, he said that your, your iPhone now is what a $10,000 camera was 10 years ago. So it's, it's plenty. And um, I also really enjoyed the same thing about Blacktail Studio, about YouTube and thumbnails and all that stuff. It was very, very intuitive. So I'm excited to, to try a lot of it. And then it is a, it is a community. Like everybody was ready to talk for the most part. I mean, there was, 
you know, some people that were busy, but I really enjoyed just walking up to somebody. I mean, I, we sat at the lunch, the breakfast table together and we started talking and that was, or was it lunch? And we just started talking and yeah. yeah like I, I, I think I met you table. at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started talking to Ross cause he made a table a lot like I used to make um, or have made. And he was telling me some problems he had. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what happened to it. And it just, we just talked the rest of the day and now here we are. Yeah. And I, I, in all honesty, I think it was the opening night I walked up to Colton because he had a savory mullet that was just <laughs> overtaking the room. And uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't pass up the opportunity to give kudos where it was due. So I ended up just, you know, talking to him and, and Jess, as you said, talking to you, sitting down at lunch. And it was, to both your points, being able to start a conversation with everybody in the room at the same level and not having to explain what it is that I do as a day-to-day or, you know, how my specialization works. For the most part, everybody was on the same level, so you got to dive in a lot deeper. And the other part, and I'm sure you guys felt this way as well, I found the community overall was astounding. I was blown away by how tight the community is and how welcoming they were, simply because so much of what we do in our shops is by ourselves. It's late nights, it's long hours, it is mentally and physically exhausting, and you're you're beating yourself to a pulp. And uh, it was really nice to come into a place where everybody was in the same spot, whether they were just starting out or they'd been doing it for 15, 20 years, and they all just wanted to hang out together and talk about woodworking and how to make some extra money on the side while doing it. So I thought that was awesome. To me, it was... It was an experience I can't wait to do again. And uh, I, I sadly missed the sign-up window for next year. I had some other things I had to take care of and didn't have the extra money sitting around that I could just pop on it, you know, 48 hours after I had just spent the money. But outside of that, I thought it was astounding. Can't wait to go back. So, Is there going to be tickets next year? Yeah. So there was actually an email that came a out. discount. Yeah, it was a discounted yeah. ticket. It was like $120 off. So yeah, I hopped on that. I got it. Well, remember well my little trick from this year to get it cheaper. I did try and use that yeah. onto the discounted ticket. It did not work. <laughs> okay. Well, I bet everybody's, you know, promoting it at the end about three, yeah. four or five months ahead of time. So I'm sure that you'll still be able to do it, but yep. Yeah. So let's jump into our first segment on this. Um, who wants to start things out? Our first segment is called what's on your bench. Want to find out what everybody's working on? Sure, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, All right, man. I have a yeah. Of these cornhole boards with the uh, the resin inlay and the LEDs behind it. What is um, your typical? What, so, not to cut you off, but sure. what is your typical amount of build out that you have? Are you one or two projects deep? Do you have seven to ten in the hopper? Where are you at? Uh, I'm still desperately trying to catch up from selling a whole bunch back in September October time frame. Um, I still have about 30 left right now. I, I think How many? 30, we're a little bit under 30 left. Are they blank and, um, or, or do you oh, know? No. Oh, they're, they're all custom. Um, yeah, I, I, I can dig into that if we want, but, um, yeah, it's been drinking out of a fire hose, man. Learning, uh, yeah, about, I, I get now why people don't just do custom work all the time. 
um, every project takes a lot more time than I projected uh, originally. Like I thought I was going to be done by Christmas with all these. And um, I still have about a quarter of them left. And um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Just one day at a time um, trying to try to get people to not refund it um, <laughs> for their orders. Cause it is taking me a lot longer, but um, honestly so pre-purchased. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I set up, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go through the story. How about that? Yeah. Go for it. Go. Yeah. This is about. Absolutely. Yeah. So Colt crit, um, well, we started back like six years ago. Um, I had this idea. I wanted to make a, um, a product and like sell e-commerce. Um, it's kind of ridiculous now that I think about it, but it's, um, have you seen those like wooden boards that have, uh, you stick the bottle caps in, they're typically in the shape of like a state or like mm-hmm. a Greek letter. Yes. So I, I was going to do that, but with Copenhagen lids and, um, <laughs> it, 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 they would have sold. Yeah. I, I still might do it, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually looking at my original ones behind my CNC. I'll have to send you all a picture of it, but, um, but yeah, so I was trying to make them by hand and uh, have like a little circle, little circle cutter and everything with a drill. And then someone told me about a CNC router, and I was like, oh, "That sounds great!" And um, yeah, so the Inventables one, you know, is completely DIY, um, decent uh, price tag on it. Was I think it was like twenty one hundred, and it had like a monthly pay plan. I was like, oh, "I could do that," and um, yeah. And so that's how I got into CNC work. And then that's from there I've evolved into actual woodwork. And, um, but yeah, so I quit my job, day job, um, had enough backlog to pay my mortgage for like two months, which uh, in hindsight was a bit early, but I tend to be a little bit reckless with that kind of stuff. And, uh, if y'all can't, yeah, y'all know me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, so I'm the, I, to. I, yeah, <laughs> I did not think that cornhole boards was going to be our bread and butter. Right. So we were doing um, a lot of resin work, you know, a bunch of river tables, uh, a lot of charcuterie boards. Um, mostly that, like I did like a big conference room table last year, but, um, but yeah. And then I had a buddy commission me to make a cornhole board and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all out on this. I'm going to use resin LEDs. Uh, it was a text A&M board. And um yeah, I'll just post a process video on TikTok and it'll promote the rest of the business, right? And it ended up going viral. People wanted to buy it. And so in a matter of like two to three days, I set up a Shopify uh, store and they just, the orders flooded in. And what that was back like August, September. And I'm still trying to catch my ass after that. So, um. So, yeah. so what makes, and for those that haven't seen your video, your viral video, I saw it and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, but all like the, so the, let's say 30 boards that you have to make or 30 sets. So 60 boards, technically what, what all are you putting in that makes them more difficult than a standard cornhole board? Well, the, the resin inlay is the biggest part, right? So, um, I go in with the the logo, whatever logo they give. It usually it's like collegiate teams or um I don't know, there's like a Wyoming Cowboy, a lot of AM boards, you know, a lot a lot of Texas. Um so yeah, I'll cut it out and then the resin. Um so we're using actually like a tabletop resin. Uh, I ended up going with Pro Marine lately. I was using the the Total Boat Slow Hardener and um 
just like the high performance epoxy with the slow hardener. But um, I ended up doing better with these with this um, this Pro Marine. That's um, just kind of the per- that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like the perfect thickness. Like it, it it's harder to mix on the front end. Like um, the epoxy part is actually really really thick, but um, that thickness allows it to not overflow too much and um but yeah it can i pour it up to like a half inch thick almost or i guess 0.43 thick and um it does well um you know as long as i keep the temperature down in here it doesn't um like try to go exo on the sides but um so the resin takes a long time especially if there's a lot of colors yeah so the website had it set up to where you upload an image and um then if i have any questions on it i'll email the customer about it and uh, we'll go back and forth on it. Um, some people wanted to have some mock-ups and, you know, and so we email back and forth mock-ups, but uh, the, the most difficult ones have been um, any team that has like Indians in it. Um, Cause there's so many damn colors in the headdress, you know, each color is a different pour. Right. And um, especially when I'm like so behind on all these boards, like um, trying to do all these different pours and, yeah, it's been a big learning curve, man. I feel a lot more comfy with the process. I had now. an idea mm-hmm. for those the other day. So I don't know. This is like not part of the thing, but could you? Does your CNC software set up a thing so it will show you like the the inside dimension, and then you can just set it to do an inlay? Like for instance, if it was wood and wood. Oh, yeah, you can do it like an inlay, yeah. Okay, so couldn't you cut, instead of doing epoxy all the way, because I know you said sanding, it's a trouble, right? Because you're worried you're going to burn through the the, the top layer. Couldn't mm-hmm. you just, like, cut it out, the shape, and then set by those sheets of acrylic on Amazon in whatever color you want and do the inlay part on that acrylic and figure out a way to set that in there and like maybe hot glue it from behind and then pour epoxy over the whole top, like clear epoxy over the whole top and it'll hold it in. No. Yeah. Um, well, to put, uh, to put epoxy on the whole top, um, that'd, or something be a lot, to seal it. that'd be a lot of epoxy. Um, no, you just do a, you do like yeah. a tabletop pour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just saying like, um, I, I guess, so I, I use about a gallon per set. And so that's for two, two oh, by wow. four boards. Um, that's a lot of epoxy. Yeah. So do yeah. you batch out any of the other parts, like the legs or the actual tops, or I saw you have beer can holders, right? do you batch mm-hmm. out that stuff? So other than the actual board part of it, it's pretty much just plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we got a jig set up and so like, we'll make all the frames separate and then uh, all the parts that go with it. Um, yeah, we batch them out as much as I can and, mm-hmm. uh, which is getting more difficult now. So we used to have an employee in here, um, Tony, if you're listening, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, but, but, um, me, <laughs> me and him aren't working together right now, but, um, I actually talked to him last week. He, he, he may, he may start coming back, which, uh, oh I, def- I definitely need him, but, um, yeah, and then Crystal has gone back to work in the office more. Like, uh, they're starting to go back to the office more. And so she's not helping me out much anymore. So it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 solo. And uh, I try to keep it from 
just trying to like catch my ass and do one at a time. But um, sometimes, you know, whenever it gets real busy, uh, I end up doing that because that's less efficient. But yeah, when I can, I do batch it out. And yeah, so uh, yeah, actually the current video that's up um, is pretty outdated. Like we, we make them a lot better now. Like in that one, the, uh, the LEDs are actually inlaid in the resin. And, um, and you know, LEDs are just like anything, it'll eventually give out. But uh, now we have them. We have like a shelf system in the uh, frame itself at, that they hang in, but um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely due to get a video. But I was trying to get caught up on some of these boards before I uh, I post that next video. But but yeah, that and then the the customer communication is really hard for me. Like um, you know, I, I have like 50 emails, you know, from customers, and like it, the hard part isn't responding to them. The hard part is like I don't know the answer. You know. Yeah, we'll have Jess talk real quick. Will you figure that out? <clears throat> Jess, so, what's on your bench? Um, what's on my bench? So we are doing. I just said so. We are the the place that I get my um like supplies from plywood from uh, is an architectural supply place that's over in Tampa and. They also sell hardwoods, poplar, you know, stuff, main stuff for like building cabinets mostly. And I found out that they sell cabinets and we've been working. My boss is also flipping houses at the same time as owning this wood shop. So I started taking those cabinets and putting them in his place, but you have to put them together. But they're like probably half to a third of the price of cabinets you would like go to Lowe's to buy, but they're maple fronts, solid plywood, you know, Baltic birch, pre-finished insides, you know, catalyzed lacquer finish, super nice cabinets. And they have a neat little way that they put them together. You basically glue the dados and have, they have these little clips that hold it together while the glue dries. Are the instructions all just in picture form? The instructions are no instructions. Oh, they, those are the best kind. They have zero instructions. They have videos on YouTube. And they have a guy that actually puts them together, each type of cabinet on YouTube. So they send you that uh, so you can watch it. So his daughter is a architect. And right now we are we sold her some cabinets. And I've been assembling those. And she wanted them a specific color. So we had to take them, sand them all down. And then I started using that Renner paint in the dark blue, by the way, it's the best paint I've ever used. It sands like, it sands like sheetrock mud um, within 30 minutes. It's unbelievable. And it lays really, really nice. And it just, it's super, usually dark colors kind of stay sticky. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're using like Aura or whatever everybody's using. So uh, we've got those painted. And we're doing a few things in the shop. You saw I got the track, the T-track all done in my work table. I've been working on that for a while. Did you see a picture of that? Uh, I did not. I think I texted it. I don't know if I ever sent you a picture of it. But um, I didn't have the the bench dog holes like I wanted to in it because I decided to put drawers in it. You did send it. You're putting the T-track spots in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finally got it. I think I finally, I'll send you a picture of it, but 
it's super great. And I got a bunch of different uh, T-bolts and different types of uh, jigs, stops, holds, clamps, things that go on it for whatever I'm working on. And it's just great. It's just great. It's awesome. So that and um, I built a bunch of cabinets that for a restaurant. They're hanging cabinets, hanging from the the See with threaded threaded bolt. Yeah, we we put them in when they were building the place, and they were really wide. And they decided to fill the shelves, even though I reinforced them full of liquor, and they're starting to bow a little bit. So I was making uh, divider pieces to kind of go underneath to help hold the shelf up in the middle to match the cabinets. I made those today as well. That's about it for right now. The next thing is we get away from that house that we've been working on. I know you guys know about it, but we've, I've been working on flipping houses while I've been trying to do some things in the shop. We built some things in the shop uh, for the houses like built-ins and some cabinets and closets and dressers and, uh, what do you call them dressing tables for women, mm-hmm. you know, like where they put their makeup on and stuff Yeah, and built in to the houses. So it's made the houses sell, you know, because they've been very, very nice houses. Like they look very finished. And then this house that last one we're working on, he let me do whatever I wanted with the trim. So they've got plinth blocks on the bottom and five quarter headers above the doors with like a lattice strip. And it's really, really, elaborate because it's kind of like a, just a simple dumpy house. You know what I mean? It's in a really nice neighborhood close to the beach, but I found newspaper in the wall from 1954. <laughs> like, you know, it's from the fifties. They built this thing. So it's kind of squished feeling. So we've made the kitchen nice. We made all the trim in the house. Nice. We added a room on, I put shiplap. I built a room out back. Did you know that every time you say shiplap, Joanna Gaines gets another <laughs> set of wings? <laughs> Yeah, well, shiplap is pretty. I do like it. Uh, so, God, I wish that sh- that show, I was working at that other store. I bet you I've put in, I bet you I've put in a quarter million dollars in shiplap. That's a lot I, of shiplap. I have put in a lot. I've put it over block. I've put it over metal studs. I've put it in rough sawn. I've put it in gray, white, stained, on ceilings, waterfall from ceiling to floor, you name it. Huh. So That's I a lot of shiplap. A lot of shiplap, man. So that's what's on my bench this week. All right, we're back. Ooh. Colton is back. We are back. So Colton, hey, Colton how was it? How was the shitter? <laughs> <laughs> Quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, in all honesty, as far as what's on my bench, I have far too many projects at the moment. Majority of what I do is custom furniture. And uh, unfortunately, I've had to do a bunch of custom home repair as well. There's a lot of houses in my area that are over 100 years old that have over 100 year old house problems as far as the trim and the cabinets and settling so for instance the house that i was working in this past weekend i had to build three sets of doors uh for different parts of this master bedroom uh one between the bedroom and the bathroom and then each of the two main closets and there was anywhere from a half inch to a three quarter inch difference in the width of the door frame from the bottom to the top 
And so I had built everything to spec, but then you go to hang it and everything overlaps and it doesn't close correctly. So I actually had to splice stuff in. And then the people who had initially come to do all the trim work basically came once and decided never to return because they realized it was going to be too much work. And they did a a half-assed at best job. And so I have actually gone three times to this house. I'm going to have to go one more time just to try and redo some trim, try and get things dialed in as much as possible. They had completely forgotten to trim out and then uh, mud over a section of, of drywall that they decided not to put in. They left a gap that was like two inches wide, like a strip where they had closed down the, the width of the closet to in a different bedroom. They had put in a pocket door that went too far into the wall. So once it went into the wall, you couldn't get it back out. Uh, that was really fun. There was you take the pocket door out. I had to take the pocket door out. I had to then also all the doors that they purchased, they wanted to be. So there were some purchase doors that they wanted trim molding put around each of the panels. So they were five panel doors. They wanted this specific trim molding put around each panel. So 10 panels per door. And it doesn't sound like much, but when you're doing basically 20 sides to doors, it takes a while. So it's been a lot of back and forth and, and, this house also has a slope as you walk in the main hallway. The front of the house slopes down a good six inches. And I'm not even kidding. You can feel it as you're walking. So <laughs> it has a crazy slope. And it just, that's what happens with old houses. That's like but, that Mad About You episode. Is that a slope? I feel like the slope's down. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing out in the field. And then in my shop, I've, I've been trying to wrap up this Ipe outdoor bench. And Ipe is is a very specific wood to work with. It's an alternative to teak, but it has fibers that are so dense that literally stab you like a porcupine. And I get probably five to 10 splinters each day that just cut straight into your hands and anything touch, like you can't see them, but anything it touches on automatically feels like just shooting pains in your hands. And then when you cut Ipe, it gives off this kind of brownish green dust that smells like dusty farts. So mm-hmm. that has been mm-hmm. the dusty fart bench. And today I went to do the almost last dry fit. I probably have one more to do and I put everything in. And for some reason, I don't know why I cut all of the pieces for the back stretchers. So the part that you're basically sitting against, I cut all of them an eighth of an inch short. And so I went to put everything together and they all fell out and the whole bench fell over (laughs) in and out out to itself. And today was a case of the Mondays. It just, it is what it is. So So how long are you working on that versus your other job? If you don't mind me. uh, Each day is different. Uh, There are definitely days where I, I don't get to any woodworking at all. Uh, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff going on with my day job and there are other times where at best I'm maybe 50, 50 on one versus another, as far as like the, the bread and butter for me is still my day job. So that takes first priority, but as much as I can, I will try and utilize my time. Well, 
So I actually go into my shop to do my day job and it's field sales. And so there's a lot of times that because I cover three time zones for my territory, I will shoot out emails and wait for people to get back to me. And sometimes that can take an hour, maybe two. So I will do a couple quick things like a glue up or I'll do a little sanding mm. or something and then come back and pound out some more emails and work on things and get reports done and do all the things I need to do. But in the downtime, rather than twiddling my thumbs, I try and utilize the time as best as possible. And then there's a lot of nights where I'm back there and it's definitely essentially the entire weekend I'm back in my shop. So it is, it's a lot, but I love doing it. And I, and that's I fine then. it's one of those where, and I'm sure you guys are the same way when, when you start having dreams about like how a specific joint needs to go together or like how you need mm-hmm. to work a piece that you're working on, you mm-hmm. can tell that it's something that you love doing. So, or it's a nightmare. Or it's a nightmare. <laughs> you have no idea. It could be absolutely both. They're both dreams, okay. bro. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ross, also, I, I think you're mispronouncing it. I think it's Ipe, actually. <laughs> whenever you, whenever you spell yeah, it it's Ipe. Yeah. God. Yep. Oh, yeah. People are going to think. Sorry like, about that. Jesus. Uneducated. I, when I worked at the furniture shop before, so it's funny you said I, I understand why people hate custom woodwork or, or, or whatever you said. Everything that I did was custom. Everything, everything all day. Now, she had a store right there attached to it. So I would make some of the same things would sell. We make them slightly different, but they would be kind of the same. But mostly it was, I mean, I I made the same barn door several times, just in different sizes. When barn doors, you know, Joanna Gaines, like, I mean, I made, if you look on my Instagram, I made so many different kinds of barn doors. But we did some fun things with paint because she was really good with all kind of faux finishes and stuff. We did a lot of that different stuff. But I would go to bed and I would just think about how am I going to do this? And logistics were an issue because we did all our own installs. And it'd be in condos on the 10th floor and I'd have to get eight-foot barn doors up of of elevator with a 20-foot track that I made. You know, like there was all – I literally did a job one time where I made, um, you know, like a – it goes on the over a curtain. So like the drapes pull down and it's a, it's like a, is it a cornice board? I forget. I knew what it was called back then, but it's a, it's a, it's a wood. A lot of times it's wrapped with fabric and padded and it goes over the top of the window. And then the curtains are, are attached to the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I think I forget what it's called, but tacky. <laughs> it, well, she wanted a, a white Oak one. Because oh. I had made her a white oak table, and she's like, I love how this looks more than anything. We did pickle, it kind of pickled. It was basically I just took watered down white paint and 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 uh, did the table with it. I love pickles too. Yeah, well, pickled white oak is ugly to me, mm-hmm. but that's what she wanted. She was 100 years old, and she was super sweet. And so I said, fine, we'll do it. Well, first of all, they didn't want anybody coming to the condo. They didn't, they didn't like workers being there. There was no place for people to park. The place across the street said nobody can park here. So you couldn't park there. They would tow your car. So you had to basically pull in, unload your stuff, and leave. Like that was basically what they wanted you to do. So I kind of like under the radar. Now, mind you, she's on the sixth floor. The way that I had to make the cornice, because I couldn't bring tools up there like they didn't like that so we took and i wrapped that thing in blankets 
I knew where her place was outside of the parking garage. We went, unloaded it out of my trailer because I had to build it. It was like a, a like a double L shape. I made it all in one piece. I went up and measured, made templates, and then built it in the shop. And we wrapped it in blankets and threw a rope over and pulled it up the outside balcony. And the guy's like, I ain't never seen anybody do this. And I was like, well, you saw it today. <laughs> and, it, and I was like, please, God, let it fit. And it did. It fit perfect. Was and, it windy? Uh, and then, yes. Yes, it was windy. And him, him trying to hand down the rope loop was a problem because it kept blowing over into the palm trees. I have so to anyway. imagine the biggest kick in the balls would have been had you gotten that all the way up to the sixth floor on the balcony and it was too wide to get through the balcony door. <laughs> well, it was long is all it was. So we just, we got it up and over and through her sliding glass doors and I drilled a bunch of holes in her wall and it looked good. Nice. So there you go. it all worked out. All right, but so, I, that's why I hate custom wood. I, that is my logistic nightmare every time I do. So anything. how are you, how many you're building the doors from scratch? Yeah. Like to match what's already there. Yeah, so there there were some doors I had to build custom from scratch that they wanted fluted, and fluted. the hard part for me was I had never done fluted doors, but I I made some fluted doors. A lot of router work. Yeah, it was a ton of router work. It took me probably six hours to route all the panels because it was two both sides of of three sets of doors, three panels per door. Right. So it you was, didn't mess up any and have to start over? No, I did. I strange, Thank knock God. on wood, did not mess up any. But I got to yeah. the house and the customer was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I wanted the, the flute parts to go out, not in. Uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, yeah, uh, I, I sent you a picture. These. And I was like, well, I, I looked at the picture and it was fluted. So I did fluted. And she's like, well, I actually bought these <laughs> these foam panels that the, the person I sent you the pictures of used. I was like, how about I just put those on top? Because you're going to paint the doors anyway. She was like, oh. yeah, that'll work. What'd you make them out of? They're red oak doors. Oh, Jesus Christ. They're yeah. heavy too. Oh, yeah. You routed all that red oak? Yes. Oh, my God. So I will say. The, they, the, covered <laughs> they covered it with foam board. Foam board. Four no. inch foam board. <laughs> And then why did they paint the red oak? That's a bitch with the stains and stuff coming through too. Well, whatever. I guess that's better than MDF. They, or something. they didn't want an MDF board or uh, thing. Can you I, see the grain? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's. Not I mean, so it's bad. not. It's not painted oak yet. Grain painted. So the good, the problem is the painter who they're going to use because I'm in Chicago land and it's cold and the guy's shop is not heated. He has to wait until like May till he can take the doors to then spray them. Mm-hmm. So I literally have to make everything and put it in and get it perfect, and then he's going to come back in a few months and take the take everything down. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, redo it. So that kind of stuff happens in Colorado a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because they like can't paint outside or whatever. Yeah. But uh, in all honesty, this kind of leads us to our next segment, which is what we're calling the dog turd of the week. So the question is, gentlemen, what did you guys mess up? I know what I messed up. And I've already told you about some of it, but let's mm. let's see what you guys got going so I feel better about myself. Colton, you start. Yeah, so I actually had one where I emailed a customer like a, a lot of times I'll, I'll send them updates at this point. And um, I sent an update of a, their carved top. Luckily, I hadn't poured yet. And uh, they said it was the wrong design. And ends up it, it, it was actually. So it, it was a Georgia outline 
and it was supposed to be the full bulldog d-a-w-g uh but no i said the, the bulldog head and um so yeah that, 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 that was a dog turd but uh i got are you able to turn the piece over and do it then We lost, we lost him, again. him again. Okay. What's the dog turd of the week for you, Jess? Dog turd of the week for me. Oh, where do I begin? Um, let's see. I had to put a wall in for a closet in the one house, and we measured it. I shot it with lasers. We made sure everything was all straight, and there was a, a electrical panel in one part of the room, so it, like the wall had to jog and like miss this panel. <clears throat> and okay. I was very excited. We shot this thing with my new laser. It was perfectly level, perfectly straight. We popped the lines. I put the base plate down, started drilling holes. By the way, the the floor is done. It's tile floor. And I drilled where the doorway was going to go into the tile. So now there's like four Tapcon holes in the tile in the middle of the bathroom. So that's, you understand? Cause I forgot yeah. there was a door in the wall. So anyway, I fixed all that. And then, uh, the other thing was we were painting today and we had everything. I was like, all right, is that it? Is it all painted? Yeah. So we washed out the gun and washed out the guns, like a whole elaborate thing with that paint. So I washed out the gun, takes like 20 minutes, got it all clean. And we realized we missed like four pieces of trim that I was supposed to paint as well. So we had to prime and paint them, which I had to wash out the gun two more times. So that was my dog. That the week it cost us about two hours, but, but we got it painted. I didn't get to the house and didn't have it. I guess is the best way hmm. to look at it. So Colton, to get back to yours, um, are you able to flip over the surface of that board and route the other side? Or do you route too deep to not be able to do that? Oh, no, I, I'm running almost all the way through. Like, sometimes we'll actually poke through, you know, if, if there's some warp in the plywood. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just put some Tyvek tape on the back. But, um, but yeah, also, so piggybacking on your story earlier, um, I, I've learned over the last, I guess this might be more of a nugget, but um, it's still kind of a dog turd, or it has been dog turd. Um, like, there's a big difference between construction woodworking and like like kind of fine woodworking like joinery and things like um, construction you can be a quarter inch off and you put some caulk and a nail in it and it's good right um or a shim mm-hmm. whereas uh, you know like with even with these cornhole boards like um I, i've hired some guys before who were like handy handymen right and um that didn't quite work out like um there, some of the boards would have like tw- uh, the the frames would have like twists in them. I had them yeah, making frames and things. Um, and yeah, so I, I've learned there's a big difference between construction mindset and uh, yeah, fine working, fine woodworking mindset. So, yes. Uh, yeah, as far as you have you know, gaps yeah. in the drywall and things. Yes. But, I had a guy that was a concrete former one time, and I had him cutting two by fours for some table legs. We were making these rustic things, and he was using a skill saw. And I was like, bro, bro, there's a chop saw right there. What are you doing? And he's like, if it's within a quarter inch, it's he had some little saying that it was okay if it was in the quarter inch. So I said, this ain't framing, man. Like, uh, just put a stop on the – oh, okay, all right, all right. He didn't. <laughs> 
Mr. Cute. Yeah. Rest. Yeah, Ross. Uh, what, what was your 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 dog turd? Uh, I mean, <laughs> despite well, a couple things. Um, those doors having to redo those because of the house being off. That was more the house than me. Uh, my dog turd probably would be cutting all the back slats on the Epe bench, all 14 of them an eighth of an inch too short. And they all literally just fell out. So how are you going to fix that? I have to remill. I have to mill up new pieces. You can't put like a filler piece and add a. This add is not construction, Jess. This is fine furniture. No, but you can make. We it, were just discussing you can, this. You can make it afterthought look like like if you brought if you cut them shorter even more and like you made like some sort of quarter inch thing that made it like a little reveal would add a little detail to it. Uh, no, no, unfortunately, uh, I just I made the mistake of of I guess marking and measuring the wrong side of the blade. And so it's literally a blade width, but you go to stand them up and it's actually technically at a 12 degree angle. And so I have a domino in the top of the back slat so that it anchors it up top. But then at the bottom, there is a reciprocating slot that's angled at 12 degrees and it's supposed to sit in there, Mm -hmm. but I cut it Mm -hmm. an eighth of an inch too short and it just barely swings out of that and drops straight down. So literally, I, I spent the time, put it all together, took me forever to try and stand up everything, get it all in there, and all of them fall out. It was like watching a cartoon where somebody gets <laughs> hit in the teeth and their piano, like, piano oh. keys that just fall out and they have nothing left. Yeah, exactly. Like dangling, like, snaggletooth. <laughs> That's 100% what it looked like. I even had to put it in my... I feel like you could fix it I had to way. put it in my Instagram like... stories with the sad trombone in the background. Yeah. So, Ipe's expensive, huh? Uh, yes, but nowhere near as expensive as Teak. Teak up oh, by yeah. me is uh, $41 a board foot. And Ipe... Have you thought about coming here and buying some? Well, when I come back next time, I will. But uh, yeah, Ipe was 14 bucks. It was thirteen ninety four a board foot when I bought it. So massive difference, but I, so we were texting back and forth earlier this week. We were saying, what is the cost of uh, plywood by you guys? And I literally was at Lowe's yesterday and Oak plywood, three quarter inch, four by eight sheet is a hundred dollars and 64 cents per sheet. And is that plain song? No, it's cabinet grade. And then the uh the birch was 114 that was a four by eight sheet so i three quarter inch so that dragon ply we were talking about earlier i was telling you about did any guys know what i'm talking about or ever heard of it i I went and checked it out so i cut into it i cut into it today for the first time now i get it for 75 bucks a sheet that's just what they sell it and he was like scared to tell me that's how much it was and I'm like, bro, that's fine. Like Baltic birch is more than that, yeah. I think. It's so it's heavier by at least thirty percent than a regular like. I guess the stuff from like Pakistan or whatever that other junk that I get, the just the cheap junky stuff <clears throat> that's like really 
13 sixteenths. It's not even three quarters yeah. anyway. Or no, 11 sixteenths. 11 sixteenths. And it, that top, the, well, both plies of birch on that stuff is, I would say, three times thicker than I'm used hmm. to. Like, you can visibly see it nice and thick on the side of it. And it doesn't bend. It's the best plywood I have ever used in my life. Ever What's the name of it again? Even edge banding was dragon, dragon ply. ply. It's a dragon ply. And so they make it with a plywood core, an MDF core, a particle board core. They make it with hardboard core. They make all the different kinds for different applications. But it's their main thing is that it's stronger. They make a lightweight version. But it's it's got a thicker ply, and the guys in town that CNC stuff, they buy this okay. because it doesn't tear out, you know, especially on a down down cut bit. So, hmm. um, yeah, I I am like those are my two favorite things that I found out this week. Dragon ply and Renner paint uh, have like changed what my product looks like. I'm not going to lie. I think that's a great segue into our next segment, Penny for Your Nugget. A little nugget of thought, a little nugget of education. Penny for Your Nuggets. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. So I'll go on more because I was just talking about that Renner paint. So I've done a lot. Mostly what I did when I worked for the first furniture place was painted furniture. Yeah. Like, we did a lot of distressing and stuff like that because rustic stuff was like huge and her store kind of leaned more towards that kind of stuff. But it was always annoying to me. Like you'd go to Home Depot or Lowe's and you'd like see, and it'd be like a maple door. They usually make them on a soft maple or something like that. But the paint's so nice and smooth on them. And I was spending money on paint, like buying the best paint. And then the worst was be like, I'd paint it like a dark color, like black, Mm -hmm. you know, or dark navy blue. And it seemed like it stayed sticky forever. Like it just never felt like the paint gets super hard. It's fine for walls and trim, but on a cabinet door, you know, like you close it and it kind of sticks. Even a month later, you open it. So I was at Benjamin Moore uh, called the paint store. Hashtag not sponsored. And uh, the guy there is just a super nice guy. And I was just telling him and he goes, you know, I've got this new stuff. And I said, what is it? He says, it's called Renner. It's from Italy. And all the cabinet guys are raving about it. And I said, well, what is it? And he goes, it's basically a water-based lacquer. And they ship it over from Italy. I said, well, geez, how much is it? And he says, $87 a can. And I said, well, that stuff's like almost that much anyway. And he goes, I know. And I said, well, give me some. I'll try it. And um, it's made for spraying. But we did roll um a couple of the like boxes and stuff like that because my sprayer doesn't spray large areas it sprays smaller stuff better like doors and stuff and i just use a siphon cup sprayer and it sprayed he said to use two coats of primer the renter actually sticks really well as we found out today i just scuffed up those cabinets and we sprayed them and it was Hmm. fine uh it stuck perfectly fine but within 30 to 45 minutes it sands like glass, and then you just dust it off, respray it. It dries pretty fast, and you can stack the doors in two hours. Whoa. And it was like 75, 80 degrees outside today, but it was raining. It was humid, 
and you would think that would make the paint. It did slow it down a little bit, but I literally stacked the doors. Nothing stuck together. It's unbelievable stuff. And it's a dark navy blue, by the way, because I only had shot white up until a few hmm. days ago. And I, I anyway, he's, he started a website called Italian Finishes, I think. I sent you guys a picture of the thing. And you can order anything. He'll ship it next day for free if you order up to $250. So if you get a big paint job and you're spraying with a cup gun or any kind of gun, like it'll change for Italian finishes, is it more of like uh, sleeping with the fishes or more like a lemoncello kind of thing? <laughs> sleeping okay, with the fishes. That's fair. I think this guy's German. Too, uh, yes, the German. So efficient, yeah? Mm. Uh, yeah, he kind of has the, he says yeah, yeah. sometimes. He goes, mm-hmm, yeah. People ask the questions here. Yeah. <laughs> that's my nugget. So that's my little nugget there. What, uh, what kind is of nugget you got, me? Colton? Man, well, I learned that I is actually uh, Ipe, or whatever French uh, stuff y'all are talking about. <laughs> yep. And that you uh, you hit it with some alcohol before um, before gluing up. That was that that was a good nugget for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I've never used the stuff. Um, but um, it would make some killer, and I mean killer, long-lasting outdoor, uh, outdoor caliber uh, cornhole boards. Really? Oh, not not to cut you off. So, have you ever had it, any problems with it, like coming apart or anything? Even after when you wiped it oh, no. and glued it, because I've had some people tell me they did the alcohol thing and it no. still did. Uh, I mean, so far I'm good. I've had to laminate quite a few pieces and they honestly i did the denatured alcohol um as as the the wipe completely soaked them let them air dry for about two three minutes and then did type on three to make sure it was all waterproof Mm -hmm. and they literally glued up with zero seam like you can't even tell they were not a single Mm -hmm. piece so Mm -hmm. they've been incredible so far that's good so Colton, could you make cornhole boards out of EPA? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, It'd be heavy to yeah, shoot. Dude, well, shoot. It is crazy <laughs> dense wood. Yeah. Well, our, our, our boards were uh, they were eighty four pounds uh, shipping them um, back when we were using poplar for the frame. Which um, currently I'm using pine for the frame, and then uh, going back to poplar for the legs and cup holder. Is a couple has some thinner parts that the the pine wouldn't hold up. I don't think. Yeah, but um, I do miss using the pine. I'll probably go back to it. Or sorry, the poplar. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for somebody to ask for a set of black walnut cornhole boards. Oh, that'd be sick, dude. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Well, they got to bring. Yeah. Well, we had looked at even like joining up some poplar boards for the top. Um. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about a veneer on the top, like digging through it when we're staining it and everything. Yeah. But um, price-wise, like uh, it came out about the same. Like it wasn't that much off. But um, where it kills us was the glue-up time, and yeah. like uh, yeah, getting all the right. That as far as like from a manufacturing standpoint, that that wasn't going to work. But it's got to be super flat. Yeah, which um, getting it flat wouldn't be a problem. Um, but the uh, but yeah, just the, 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 the extra step and gluing it all up um, as opposed to just grabbing a 5 by 5 sheet of plywood. Right. You don't have a joiner either. Uh, no joiner. Uh, I use a drum sander um, to 
but gluing them up without a joiner, I don't, I don't know if I want to yeah, do that either. No, I, I'm still on the um, the whole table saw joining thing right now. Hey, if, but... if it works, yeah. Hey, man, it works. Yeah, it ain't don't stupid if wrong. it works. Yeah. No, it works. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what nugget I would have. I would say, obviously, uh, I should no. twice cut. Once. I know. The nugget for me, <laughs> invest in a good set of tweezers. Because yeah. Of, uh, yeah. You know, I've said that for years, and I never brought so a set in there. I will say, I went on to Amazon, and I got this. I, I literally searched for uh, splinter, like wood splinter tweezers. And there's a set that comes uh-huh. up. It's like 16 bucks, and they come down to a uh-huh. razor-sharp point. And they actually have like a carrying yeah, yeah, yeah. like sheath, if you will, that can fit on your belt. But I have it with me. Really? As I said earlier, I'm getting five to ten splinters a day. And just being able to actually get in there on this super fine wood and pull it right out. So they, Dude, work? they work unbelievably well. Oh, you got to send Done. me the link because I'll buy them. I get them from the Dude, plywood. It the is incredible. And having a good set of tweezers is the one thing that like as woodworkers, we probably overlook. But it is, it, it's astounding how much lighting and tweezers yeah. always yep. overlooked. Lighting and tweezers. So, yeah i I had um, I don't know if you've ever used monkey pod. Yeah, but monkey pod's real splintery like that to me. But when you cut it, we would sand it a lot, and it would burn like I was sanding cayenne yep. pepper. Like it was terrible. Like nobody could be in the shop, and I thought it was maybe. It's always like, is this eucalyptus? Because I've heard eucalyptus does that too. Paduke, yeah, I've never Paduke is brutal like that as well. Yeah, Paduke it's not that. as bad of a burn, mm. but it is the nastiest, finest sawdust mm. that literally for a week afterwards, every time you blow your nose, there's Paduke in it. Oh, you have huh. to mask up. When you're doing those exotic woods, yeah, yeah. you have to mask up all day. White oak causes lung cancer. That's proven. That's the only one that I've read that actually they cool. know for a fact. Oh, I work with man. a lot of white oak. Yeah. You better wear a respirator. Shit. Seriously. The guy next door to me, uh, when I was over in the other shop, he was from Czechoslovakia. And he said, everybody that I've ever known that does woodworking, they did like cabinets. And white oak cabinets was a huge thing for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And they all died of lung cancer and they didn't smoke. And it was from the white oak. And you Google it now. And they, there's some sort of tannin in the wood that is an absolute. You know what's funny though is white oak is the only kind of oak, you, only kind of wood that you can use to make whiskey barrels. Well, for right. Well, once you char it, they yes, char they it do. though, they right? Char it to varying levels, and that, that I don't know if that takes out the carcinogens. It's just funny then it must. because you're trying to get the natural sugars in the wood imparted into the flavor of the whiskey over time, and that level of charring acts as a a carbon filter as well as a, a softer, more buffering layer. Well, I don't know. Some things you can breathe in and some things you can eat. And that, I, that's what she said. The, <laughs> uh, if I have a wood, I have a wood book that I bought and it has 423 species of wood, a picture of each one. And it has all the scales, like how hard it is, water resistance, what they used it to make, I what some of them they used to make bearings for huh. boats, some sort of black African stuff. It's that it's the hardest of all woods, right? And it also has like a, a cancer causing, and white oak is 
one of the worst. Yeah, it's uh, ebony and zebra wood. Both have the that they're like super super dense. Rosewood is also up in there, but it's harder to find these days. I'll have to look it up and see what it's called. I've never seen it. I don't think you'll ever. There's a lot of that stuff you can't even hardly even no. get anymore. Well, yeah, you guys got to come down here. What's so expensive where you're at? It's not that bad here. My mother-in-law lives down in greater Tampa. Maybe because she's supposed to be driving up some point soon. Maybe I'll have her pick up some stuff. How much is ash where you guys free? are at? Dude, is it? I mean, I get it for free because the amount of uh, ash trees that are being cut down because of the Asian ash borer beetle. Um. Golf courses, oh. park districts, municipalities, they're cutting them down left and right. And that's where I source most of my lumber from. So I'm getting calls for that stuff all the time. I get ash for two to three bucks a board foot. They're basically giving it away. Yeah. They're just charging for their it's milling and five. kiln time. Yeah, it's about five here. It's pretty cheap, comparatively speaking, to like Walmart yeah, or Walmart, something like about that. About 11 to 14. I can get walnut for little less than that, I think. Um, I have a friend that sells it, but I was looking on Advantage Lumber. I don't know if you guys have an Advantage Lumber where you're at, but it's like yeah, a cheap. it's not and close. And they're supposed to be the cheapest. It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it was like that price you just said. Like it's a lot. So, well, boys, is there uh, anyway. anything else we want to cover off on for this first episode? No, I think we got it all. It up. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I know I cut off a few times, but um, that's okay. Well, uh, let's. Uh, the bulk of it. I think the more we do this, the better it's going to well, get. Let's do this as a send off then. Thank you for listening to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. If you enjoyed what you're listening to, check us out on Patreon. We're not there yet, but we'll be there soon. We would love you guys to support <laughs> us. Without, a, without any further ado, have a great week. We'll talk to you guys soon.